And we're live. How we hey. doing? Good, 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 good. Oh, that's just perfect timing, isn't it? Just let me open the door. <laughs> Come on, Will. That was beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. We're live, and then the dog goes, no, you're not. Um, Hilarious. No, we're 100% live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. It was like a tea, it was like a tea kettle as we went live. It's so, it was um, so quiet. It was, it was choreographed. Um, well, cool, man. How, how you been? How was your weekend? Uh, good, good, good. Uh, went down to Savannah, celebrated Cass's birthday. Uh, did, did a trolley tour. Did a trolley Love tour. It. That was fun. We, uh, no, we had, a, like, we had a good time. Uh, one of her friends and her friend's uh, boyfriend came up and met up with us. And we uh, it was just full-on goofy tourist like in Savannah, such a great town to be like a stumble bum drunk in, anyways. That like, sure. yeah, yeah. We started early and you know rolled through the days. That's awesome, man. Um, if you're in Greensboro, uh, my my son was in the Wizard of Oz this past weekend at Carolina Theater. So um, I went I went to that show twice, um, and just you know he's a kid, he's doing Munchkins, and but he was having a good time. So it was surprisingly a a really good production and i don't mean that in like a negative way i want listen my my sister's been on broadway and you know her husband is on a um i think a broadway show now uh, you know in terms of music musicianship and just being an, an actress and it's just one of those things where you go to a community theater and you know sometimes you expect the worst and it was not bad i was i was yeah. kind of impressed so yeah it was it was you know it was good to see him enjoying himself and and then jumping around like a munchkin it was pretty funny Oh, we already we got a comment. Veronica Martinez. Hi, Veronica. How's it going? <laughs> what, what did she say? I didn't even see it. Oh, uh, she said, uh, Los Angeles here. Uh, uh, Veronica, Ronnie, thanks oh. for bringing this to us. But uh, you're well, welcome, Ronnie. You're you're very welcome. Um, yeah, so that was cool. Um, just a really chill weekend. Um, Good. We Good. watched. We watched. We watched our, our, our. I'm sure you watched, or if you didn't, it's fine. Well, you didn't miss much, but the you know, just just how awful some of these NFL football teams are. Um, it's, it's truly. I haven't even, look, this morning I've been running around, so I haven't even watched highlights from yesterday. I saw scores. Um, that's it. So I haven't seen any, uh, any, 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 any football at all from this weekend. So basically, uh, we probably should have done this tomorrow. <laughs> well, uh, just saying, like, just two comments. Like, because it's, it, I think it, the two comments are how woefully uncompetitive some teams are. And how how amazing it is that when you get when you breathe new life into an organization with a new quarterback, how how quickly, you know, you 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 can turn things around in the NFL. It's so different than basketball. It's just it's 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 incredible. Well, that's the thing with the NBA is it's a stars league. So you can have the worst franchise in the league sign two all star free agents. And now you're making the semifinals minimum that year. Like you just are. Yeah. And it's no. I mean, it's 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 always been strange to me though that NFL teams have such a hard time turning the ship around. Like you'll see teams that like the Browns. What was that? Fifty some years in a row of like the Lions. The Lions are finally good after 186 years. Like it's been like it's yeah. It's no, crazy. it's it's crazy and and it's. It's sad because I don't want the Browns to be good because of Deshaun Watson, but they are six and three right now. They won yesterday yeah. too. Um, so well, it's those wins the, were without him though, so it's okay. 
That's true. That's true. Um, well, what's what's interesting too is like again, like you just have like a, a rookie QB come in, brand new young coach, and the Houston Texans are Deshaun's former team are five and four. CJ Stroud looks like and he's literally an MVP candidate. It's crazy. So um, but that's that was that was kind of my my thoughts for the weekend. Um, you know, f- for me it's it's football and family. You know that. Like we just we just yeah. we chill and we and we do our thing. Um so but, um question. Question. Uh, have you watched any NBA yet this season? A little bit. I, I, I'm obviously you know me. I'm a UConn guy, so I watch more college basketball. Yeah. Um, I save the NBA for for the end of the year because I don't like. And I was going to ask you this at the beginning of the, like the first show. Do you get the NBA in season tournament? Like, what's what's the purpose? Like, I think. Well, okay. I think it's amazing. Um, okay. Well, one, yeah. Explain it to me. Let me. Okay. So there's a couple of things. One, if you watch like all the Euro leagues in soccer, do like a mid-season like single or an early season single elimination tournament kind of thing in addition to their playoffs and all those kind of things. And it was one of those things, honestly, I thought this is something the NBA should have done 20 years ago. And it's right. like the round robin like elimination pool thing is very European sports. So I think a lot of people are going to struggle with it here versus just doing a 32 <laughs> single elimination tournament. Like I think yeah. that Probably, if they just did all 32 teams and winners stay, losers go. But they're, still, they're at least going to do that for like the quarter and semifinals and then the finals. So it'll... It will well, what, what's interesting to me is if, if I figured that's what this was. Like, you know what I mean? Like, without really knowing the details, like understanding that it's likely kind of mirroring some kind of, you know, soccer, Euro style kind of league, which, of course, Americans love. Oh, <laughs> so of course. Yeah. I... I, I just I laughed at it because it's like it's like taking this American sport, you know, truly. I mean, it's global now, but like truly, kind of the NBA is is an American sport, and saying, um, "Hey, we're going to do something that you didn't want and need," and then we're basically kind of force it upon the fans. I think that's that's what people are because even some of the announcers, like Mike Breen, like Mike Breen was like, "But no, that's not incorrect." Even Mike Breen, who's literally the lead analyst in the NBA, was just like, "I was the first to say." I mean, do we really need this? And then he's like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm in like a wait and see approach." Like, and I feel like that's what most like actual individuals un- like do a wait and see. Like, they're not like all for it or all against it all at once. Those, those are stupid people. The people the that are NBA, kind of like discerning. Listen, I look the, literally nothing in the NBA ever competes rating ratings wise with March Madness. Well, of course not, and it's it, it won't ever can't compete with, but. Single elim- elimination tournaments are incredibly awesome. entertaining sports. Of course. Sporting. They're so much fun to watch, especially when – and I think slowly over time this is probably – especially once they do expansion. Because once they add the Seattle and the Vegas team, which should be in the next couple of years, mm-hmm. um, like, and they're definitely going to do it because they're going to charge $8 billion a franchise. So the owners are just sitting Makes there. Waiting on, yeah, they're not going to pass on a $350 million check that they don't have to share with the players. Like, expansion is coming, like, for sure. And so once they have 32 teams and they can do, like, an easy single elimination, then they're going to do it. And it's going to be popular, and people are really going to like it. But for right now, while they ramp up to that, this is a good way to introduce fans to, you know, I mean, the finals are going to be in Vegas. The courts are weird, but they're also distinct enough that people know. And the games have been better. You like have? Yeah, so much better. The, that first Friday night, almost every game was competitive. 
every single team was actually trying to win. Players that would have been absolutely sitting were playing. On, you know, random Friday night game in early November. The stars don't sit unless it's nationally televised, and even that's new. Like okay. because the new rule says that they have to play on nationally televised games unless they can. Like prove. I said, I am not. I'm not saying I'm against it. I just I'm just curious as to why and and you know the how. Yeah. about everything. Not I am really not this. Everything that's because it's actually good. It's entertaining basketball. It's a way early in the season for everybody to get intro to every team in the league and find out. Oh. Is, uh, is this kid that Portland drafted and sent Damian Lillard away for, like, is he actually any good? Not yet. Not yet he's not. He is. He should be at playing in college right now. But he's probably going to be a superstar. But right now, he's struggling. It gives people a chance to see Wimbenyama early on. It's like you will learn more if you all you did until after Christmas was watch these tournament games than you would – have a good, strong feeling for the rosters of every team, who's good, who's bad, who's going to be competitive, who's probably not, who needs to make some big trades. Like, you can look and you can see something's happening in Milwaukee that's not working. Like, there is, they've got Dame Lillard, they've got Giannis, but for some reason this team can't get their offense together and their defense was, which we all knew, trading for Dame Lillard, that the Bucks were going to have an amazing yeah. defense that was going to turn to crap. That it was gonna, but nobody knew how bad. Nobody knew how much the defense was gonna fall off, and nobody and everybody assumed they were gonna be 120, 120 guaranteed a game, and they're right. struggling a lot of nights to break a hundred. Look at the Clippers. The Clippers got hard, and everybody's like, well, at least we'll know they're gonna score. I, I mean, I don't, I gotta re- have they broken a hundred yet with him? Uh, can, can we just can we just call James Harden what he is? He is a team cancer. He's everywhere he goes. They don't win. Like he's just not a, he's just not a good player. I'm sorry. Not I'm, I'm sorry. Right? Is that, I mean, team of literator is that To? Is this new To? But I don't know. I James Harden is an incredibly talented basketball player. If you look at the way he played last year in Philly, it was amazing. He played exactly the way everyone has said he should play, and he Still elevated awesome. he elevated Joel Embiid and got him an MVP. Oh, was that why he led the league? He led the league in assists. He was. <laughs> I'm just saying, Harden is a lot of things. I wouldn't want him on my team. I didn't like him on my team, um, though. I I blame that more on Kyrie, even though I love Kyrie. Like what happened in Brooklyn is more Kyrie than Harden. You like some of the most annoying fucking basketball players of all time. Like right. you just love That's these true. guys. You because because you're the most annoying person in the world. So you're like, Absolutely. I must love these guys. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> seriously, I, like, go ahead. Well, my well, my favorite player is is definitely Kevin Durant, and he's pretty annoying. <laughs> he's pretty fucking annoying too. He is. He's so obnoxious. wait. Did you did you see him to to go into my world? Did you see him at the U.S. Open this year? He was sitting. Fr- he was sitting front row, and listen, he was probably high. It didn't matter. Like he wasn't. He wasn't being obnoxious, but he's so big. Like, and I've sat in these right. seats before, and they're right. very difficult to sit in if you have the, the leg size that he has. And his feet were like propped up. Like he was. His they were like dangling. The usher had to come down and be like, uh, "Excuse me, sir, you can't put your feet over the ledge because that's in play." Technically, well, where like, else are they going to go? His feet are. I mean, literally- listen, motherfucker, get a suite. Like that's the thing. Like, don't I don't know what to tell you. There's there's got to be a way that you sit 
you know, spread out. Like, I don't know. Like it just, it just made me laugh because you could see it on TV. They didn't make a big deal of it, but it was like this little dude came over and was just like, excuse me, <laughs> just cracked me Can up. You you, the water it's hard to not thing? see him. Yeah. It just, it's hard to not see him because he's huge and he's like all yeah. arms and legs. Um, but yeah, he's, he, listen, NBA players in general are probably the most entitled group of individuals in the, in the sports world because yeah. they get paid guaranteed money. They don't really kind of need accountability because they get guaranteed money because they're a global sport. So if their ratings tank in the US, it doesn't fucking matter because they're big in China. They're big. And seriously, they don't care. Like they don't care that like a like there's guys that are like just like, oh, I'll never watch the NBA again. They're like, okay, cool. Everyone in China watches us. Everyone in you know South America, in Europe, like everywhere, everywhere else but the States, the NBA is is like a huge sport. It's just not a huge sport. It's it's one of the big three. Or four, well, right? It but is, it's not the well, ratings it's suck. It's significantly bigger <laughs> now than hockey. Oh god, yeah. I mean, I hope so. It's much bigger than hockey. Um, the NBA finals now do better than the World Series in ratings. Yeah, but that's like, but so like so the World Series I has mean, been awful for the last 20 years. No one watches. I mean, I'm just saying, like, in terms of where it ranks and it's better than suck. So it, it's number two behind the NFL. And if you total viewership, it's 82 games a team plus seven game series. Games. So but them being them being number two behind people, the NFL. Hold on. Watch the NBA than watch even the NFL. Mm, I don't think so. Um, because if you were to say I'm the I'm I'm per the view. second tallest. Yeah. Okay. Per I'm the I'm the okay. Well, uh, that doesn't mean dick. Um, I'm I am. That's like let's that's like being like I'm five foot ten without my shoes. Um, if, if, if I say to me, yeah, if, if, if I said, uh, if I walked up to, uh, Victor Wembanyama and I was just like, I'm the second tallest guy in this room, he's seven, four, like it's miles ahead of how, how much taller, like they're number two in the States, maybe like, if you like by a fraction, but it's only because the NBA has built that brand up, but no one truly watches, watches the way they watch. The NFL, like there's the only thing that saves the only thing that saves the NBA metric because the NFL has 17 games. It's 17 games. It's It's just a more popular sport. But again, total attendance at NBA games, they sell as many tickets as the NFL sells. It's just spread out over more games. That's why these players don't give a shit. They don't care. That was my point. Total, there are more people in America that, you know, the number of people that watch football, there are more, but there's only 17 weeks of games where with the NBA, it's spread out. There's so the total viewership there should only be 17 NBA games. Maybe that should that's the key. I mean, honestly, less, if there was less 17, games, there would be appointment viewing if there were fewer games. Be awesome. Seriously, if they cut the season in half, they're not going to do it because, you know, they want to make money. Yeah, but they make if, money. If they they would also if they, do if played 41 games. But if they if they played 41 games, it would be more, it would be, it would be a great, it would be a great sport just because people would care more. It's a sprint to the finish. It wouldn't be about um the long haul, the marathon. It just it just would make I more like sense. I like that about baseball. I like that about basketball. I like the long seasons. I like the fact you want- that you a part of winning an NBA title is actually staying healthy and staying competitive. Like, if you look at the West right now, like the Western Conference in the NBA is there are players that 
after several years in a row of superstars being able to sit a lot because mm-hmm. they they were protected this year you they can't sit as much because the west is so much more competitive you're going to see more sitting in the east because this this year the east is back down and the west is built back up so much but i'm just saying i i personally like the fact that team like baseball you genuinely know who the best baseball team is after 152 games. Yeah, but here's the thing: they've it's the base because baseball has a real issue now too. Is like they've lost what it, what's made baseball great for the last hundred years, which is the best teams actually play for the World Series. Were the Rangers and Diamondbacks the two best teams in baseball this year? Not even they, close. They weren't. They weren't. But so what? Too many rounds of playoffs now. There's too many. But teams that's what. That's but that's what I'm trying to get at. The NBA, at least, at least, at least, the NBA gets that correct, which is. If you're going to have a long season, you need to have a long playoff too, because then the best teams, like the cream rises to the top. Like it's 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 harder for me to justify. You win a division in in baseball, and then you essentially could lose in three games. Like they yeah. have these, like it's like it's the dumbest thing in the world. The and NBA used to do that though. The NBA used I to know. have that problem, and they fixed it. And so, to me, I think if you win your division in baseball, you make the playoffs, and they're one wild card, the best record. To me, you don't need that much for baseball because you have so many, like literally so many games to figure out who should be competing for a title. I mean, I wish they'd go back to best record in, you know, the National League plays the best record in the American League, and that's the World Series. To me, I still It would be great. It it really would be great. Um, In other sports, too, since we're kind of on this topic, um, did you see? Uh, did you see your boy Trump and uh, his cohorts getting get walk out to uh, UFC? Uh, at UFC, well, they did I like did a walkout. It was like him, Tucker Carlson, uh, Kid Rock, the, the real murderers row of conservative conservatism. I did see Bill Burr's wife though. Yes, that's what I was getting at. Oh, that's you stole my yeah, thunder. I, I didn't know where the context was, but I made me laugh so much to see like. Yeah. Just be like, <laughs> so I have I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. So um I don't know Bill Burr personally, uh, but what I do know is I I was when I when I used to do comedy with you, I was I was waiting to do a show. We were I was um I, I forget where I was, but I was in Greensboro and I was having a drink with my friend Trey. And Trey would come to a lot of shows. It's just kind of like, you know, to support and have fun. And I was always like, wow, I wonder why this guy like it's Trey's my friend, but like, you know, like he's cool as shit, but like, I don't, why does he always come to my shows? And like, we were like drinking and like talking about stuff. And he was like, he was like, Oh man, he's got a wedding to go to in October. And this was 10 years ago, maybe yeah. more 12 years ago, something like that. He goes, uh, I got a wedding to go to. I was like, Oh yeah, where's it at? He goes, Oh, it's in LA. And I was like, Oh, who's getting married? He's like my sister. And I was like, who's your sister? She's like, he's like, Oh, it's Nia. And I was, he's like, who's she marrying? He's like Bill Burr. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You're telling you telling me that your brother-in-law is going to be Bill Burr? And he was like, yeah, he's really cool. Like he was just, he's just always been one of those guys. Yeah. Like nothing is very similar to you. Nothing impresses yeah. him. Um, but just like that's his sister. So I sent this picture that I was about, I'll, maybe I'll post it after, like whatever, of her giving the the bird to Trump. And I said, hey, tell Nia, my wife and I love her. Because it was very, it was hysterical. And he was like, I will. Yeah. So that's the text. I sent that text last night because I just saw it last night. How funny is that? Well, I I, I think I saw that this morning because, again, like I was completely disconnected from anything other than, you know, alcohol consumption and eating overpriced food. But what did you eat this weekend? Oh, let's see. We um, t- 
two rooftop places for lunch, cause, you know, overlooking the river and Savannah and all that stuff. Um, food wasn't great. I don't, I don't even remember what either of them were called. The best place we had dinner at though was the old Pink House. Okay. It is uh, apparently it's the most haunted spot in America. In addition to being a very good restaurant, but there's a reason why the food was so good at that restaurant. I have this theory that people who like most new restaurants, th- their chefs are trying way too hard. Like they're like they're attempting to justify why this you know piece of food that they're serving is one hundred and thirty dollars. So they add in way too much garbage and way too much nonsense, and it's not doesn't usually taste particularly good. But the old pink house in Savannah, Georgia, they fix things in a very classic way, but just impeccably perfect. It's mm. so good. Like we walked out of the bill, it's four hundred bones, and like it was worth it. So. What did you eat? Like what was the um, like what was the entree? Uh, uh peppercorn fillet, um, double baked potatoes, and some asparagus. Like it, it was not a like this. This was not some fancy try too hard meal. It was just amazing. Um, it was hearty. I mean, it was very good. Very very good. Well, that's good. Um, that's cool. Did Cass get something similar, or was did she go a different route? Um, she gets some. She gets a lot of fish dishes she got some kind of fish thing uh her friend justine got that too and i don't know what josh got but yeah we had a that was a double double date look at you yeah it was wonderful we had a really nice oh it's nice did you have dinner party conversation we did we did the night but that night we did the night before though we went to i think it's called sushi hana it's a smaller uh little like mixed hibachi slash sushi place in place in savannah um, and the food was good, but we were all just so blasted that <laughs> like I, I I couldn't tell you if the like how good the food was. It was tasty, but like we were like almost not belligerent to other people in the restaurant, but like to each other. Like Justine would just like look at me and be like, "I don't trust you." I'm like, "I don't trust you." Was that super hammered fun? Then after we left, we walked down to because Savannah has all these beautiful squares all over. Oh, oh, Patsy says she'd like to live in Mark's background screen. Mark would too. Mark I would too. This is uh, this is actually not my house. Um, yeah, yeah, that is a, that is a my, green screen. My Mark's house is actually in jail for anybody that. Doesn't yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm waiting, in, I'm in waiting a, for uh, North Carolina correction. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. I'm, yeah. See, this is where we need a producer because I have like jailhouse funny videos of like guys making rock candy, and that would have been the perfect time to add that in there. <laughs> Work release videos. What's happening? Right Work here. release. <laughs> I appreciate you, Patsy. Um, I just got tired of of James making fun of my background, so I was just like, you know what? Now no one can see it, so whatever. But yeah, his this is this is really nice. It's just like his kid's bedroom or something, or like an office. No, it's not my kid's bedroom. It's an office. It's an office. <laughs> Such an asshole. I love it. Well, um, I almost did this in my kid's bedroom. Like, well, good for you. I like the map though. Um, and and Patsy, thank you so much. Um, my house looks similar to this, but I don't have a can I don't have a, a piano. That's that's right. the difference. Yes. <laughs> so I went with something that I could actually kind of pawn off as my own. Um, but yeah, and also um that's awesome, man. Like I I love I love going out to dinner now. Like that's my that's like my guilty pleasure. Like, you know, the because you're old, you know. Well, it's not. It's just like because you want to experience like good food. Like you know what I mean. I feel like when you don't always do that when you're younger and like you're you know 
whether you know you you've been touring comedy when i was you know doing tennis and like traveling and doing a bunch of bullshit like you don't eat well like even you know people think that's unless you're like a really big time tennis player like you, do you think anybody that's like on low level like tour is like eating well we're like fucking going to get carl's jr in the morning yeah and that's when mcdonald's was cheap when it was like 10 bucks to like fill your belly instead of 32 um but yeah i know it's like it's the truth do you okay my this is this is what i used to do and this was in new york city 15 years ago i used to buy a five dollar foot long cut it in threes and that was my meal for the day well there you go yeah now i'd have to like be like can i get 15 dollars and scram that together to get this 15 dollar foot long <laughs> so, it's just it's crazy but yeah like that's that was the that was the meal well my thing on the road like especially because you know i was oh my god for just years just absolutely barely making enough doing the shows to cover the gas to go from town to town but one of yep. the things I noticed is every town has an incredibly popular, really cheap, like hole in the wall place that sells like hot That's dogs true. and like chicken strips. And it's, you can add it, like you ask three locals, like where's the best place in town to eat? And like you're like, I have had so many good meals for under $7, like delicious barbecue. Like crazy good chili gumbo, just all over America. Super sure. cool. Nobody's ever heard of any of these places except for locals restaurants. And now the only problem is when you go on the road, all those places now everything is five times as expensive. And there's some douche out there like taking photographs of the barbecue so he can Instagram. <laughs> he looks like this. He's got his little hood. He's got his little beanie on and maybe some fake glasses. Yeah. Uh, to, he, to has, he has a beanie aesthetic. and a man bun. He's like, like there's a hole through it. Yeah, he's double the douche that you and I are. So <laughs> double douche. He may, he may even have an acoustic guitar that he's outside just strumming and, yeah. and so his table's ready. 12 yeah. string though. 12 string. 12 string. The ukulele. It's uh, a dough. It's a dough. Um, I, I, I've been, I've been like looking at Twitter here and like, I've just seen if there's anything like that's happening live that we should talk about. And I saw that Bill Murray was trending and I was like, fuck, did he die? And then of course not. Um, the new, go the new Ghostbusters is out, uh, or the trailer is out that's coming and he's, did you watch it? I did. I did not see the trailer. Is it good? I don't want to watch it while we're live. It's is it? Like, yeah, yeah. We shouldn't watch it now, but no, it's actually, I, the, the most recent one that they did, I thought was cute and I thought it was a good homage to the original. Yeah. And it like hundred percent. I wasn't no way like, oh, they're fucking up Ghostbusters. Um, I liked it. And so I'm looking forward to seeing this one, especially now that they're gonna be back in New York and they're gonna have more of the more of the original cast back together. So. Yeah, I am looking forward to uh to to looking at it because I did love the 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 kind of the you know, the third one of you know, the new one with Paul Rudd and that whole young crew. Um, because it was just it's just different. And I also love the usage of um egon's character but like kind of from the grave um yeah, yeah. so that was that was really cool uh so yeah I'm, I'm super looking forward to that did we were going to talk about this a while back and, and we we kind of talked about bill already what did you think of bill Mur bill burr's uh old dance i know it was on netflix i know it's uh, probably a couple weeks late but um tell me what you thought i thought it was for a movie that came out right now it was very fun yeah um it was it was as it was as much as you can hope for out of a comedy now. And I, what do you think's missing like, from comedies now? You're you're yeah. a, you're a comedian. What do you think's missing? You you mentioned that you like said that it's it's for like the most you could get out of a comedy right now. So my question to that is, 
why do you think that is? And do you think that there'll be more kind of R-rated comedies down the pike? But it's not about R-rated comedy. It's about challenging ideas. Like if you like Monty Python's Life of Brian isn't R-rated. You know what like, I mean? Like it just a yeah, I know, but like like brilliant. Just based off of ratings. You're right. You're right. right. But like like brilliant comedy doesn't have to be over the top. It just has to challenge people. Right. And the as as funny as the first two thirds of Old Dads was, the moral of the story was still that being funny and being Bill Burr is bad and you should get going to therapy. That's true. <laughs> like the lesson was still like the old way guy's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. And and there's that's comedy that comedy George Carlin had brilliant satirical comedy that was observations of society that some of them were so stupid that you would never take them seriously while some of them were like perfect like the perfect breaking down of something and the combination of those things to me is where great comedy comes from like you have to be able to tear down sacred cows you have to yeah and and like nobody's doing that i'm not saying we need another hangover movie like that movie was funny but it wasn't innovative or breaking ground or anything but there's there's a lot of really funny movies that actually challenge things and to me that's I, I want more movies like that. I want more movies that are actually making a real attempt to. Sure. Can, but, do you, but do you think there's a place for, um, I agree with you. I think that, but I also feel like there are people that just go to the movies to, to escape. Right. And that right. don't want to be, they don't want to be challenged. I mean, if you're going right. to see Tommy boy, you're not looking for, you know, you know David Spade and, uh, and the late great, Chris Farley to uh, challenge you on anything other than, but even those movies have heart. I think there's, I think there's a difference. It's like examination of capitalism and father son relationships. Like, but here's the thing, James, but James, here's the thing, man, not everyone makes their brain kind of go in that, that way. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you are one of these people. And I mean it in a, in the very affectionate way that can't turn your big brain off like there are there are just things that people make just because they thought it was silly and funny um Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like and and it may be nothing against that right and i'm saying like there may be and and there may be a larger grander kind of overreaching idea that was trying to that was being met by that right uh by making a movie like tommy boy but i think for the most part it's fucking chris farley and david spain being just themselves and being silly as fuck uh and like that's that's what that movie is um but yeah no i i but i'm I'm curious like do you think there'll be more because i know i know um uh tom segura and burt kreischer are trying to do a movie called fat astronauts and i know that they're trying to kind of make that uh i don't know know how well it'll do but did you watch the machine it was awful but burt is burt you know what i mean like it was a it was a really bad movie but it was okay for Bert, I mean, it, like it had some very funny moments sure but like but you know what i mean like i just i was I, I i just i think i give bert way too much credit for like you know i think his comedy's good and i and i i like him i think he's a good i think he's funny and he shares about his life so you, it's almost like you know you think you know who he is right because he's always on on instagram live and all that stuff i just wasn't in, i just didn't like it i thought the production value like mar having mark hamill and like all of that's yeah. fantastic but the actual movie was talk shit. <laughs> I mean, it just was. 
Well, I miss those not great but ridiculous sort of movies. The you know, I like agree. The secret, the secret to my success with Michael J. Fox kind of farcical movies. The you know, the four guys in the RV broken down kind of movie, like. Like, I really miss those kinds of movies. And so when I watched The Machine, I was like, this is this. At least it feels like a a genuine attempt at a movie, even if it didn't hit. And it was the same. The same is true with Old Dads, though. It was I feel like there are a handful of people out there that are actually going to take that shot. But like the Netflix algorithm says those are the things that people watch. So hopefully they're going to keep pouring at least. And they're also not as expensive to make. Like you can't make a Marvel movie and have it turn, you know, make Netflix add to its profitability. But I think those kind of comedies will. And like nobody's canceling. The machine was expensive. Yeah, the machine was pretty expensive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, expensive compared to. Well, I mean, think about it from this perspective, right? So, um, and you, I think you know this. It was under fifty million. It was like, was I? Yeah, but but that's that's pretty cheap. But the studio itself, so it was it was it was produced by uh, and distributed by Sony. Yeah. So Sony put in at least a hundred million in in media, and Bert went way over the top. You know that, yeah. like you fucking had events. Yeah, but that's but that's but but that's what these movies do. I mean, I think Matt Damon explained it one time, and they were like, "Why aren't we movies like Goodwill Hunting out?" And he was just like, "Well, you got to think about it. So if it's a fifty million dollar production, like you just mentioned." He's like then the then the studio is already thinking I got to put fifty to hundred million in the Not advertising either. of it and the marketing of it. So right now you're at one hundred and fifty million dollars in the hole. So if you don't actually hit one hundred and fifty million in box office, even before nope. you get to streaming, your math is wrong. It's three hundred million because the movie theater. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but yeah. but that's, so that's to, what yeah. I'm saying. Like you he's he's million. saying that you can't even get to you can't even get to a break even point with an artsy movie. That's why you don't even like. That's why artsy movies just market themselves and like they try to find distribution afterwards. They make the movie for what they make it and whatever. And like I know Bert is like a you know big time comedian, so obviously he was able to get Sony to back him. And I think it'll pay off in the end because he is. He, I think it was number one trending at at some point on on Netflix, so he's clearly doing well there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just is what it is. I'm just I just hope that more people take swings, like you said, um, like Bert did. I hope Tom and him do something. I think I heard Mark Norman and. Um, Oh God! What's the other New York comic's name? Shit, I forget. He's, it's like they do a podcast together, but but they're but apparently they're writing a script and like hopefully they're gonna get something together. Like I just hope it 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 kind of balloons that we have more options and it's not just superhero movies. Because listen, man, I I like superhero movies. I loved them when they came out, but I'm I'm so out on Marvel and DC. It's just it's kind of like you jump the shark. Saw- you saw this weekend, like the Marvels is the biggest tank in the history of Marvel cinemas. Well, because I, mean, I feel it, like also like you you for you force um, superheroes on people that like no one like. I mean, outside of comic book nerds, is it like do, does anyone really care about Mrs. Marvel like in in her <clears throat> you know WandaVision? Cared, yeah, but nobody cared about Iron Man really or Captain America that much outside of comic book nerds until they made a series of really good movies that engaged people in the story of Iron Man and the story of Captain America. Fair. Like those but they're also like really great actors too. Like, I mean, well, I don't, I, mean, I don't yeah, think, I don't think we can compare. Oscar. She's a good actress. She's just annoying and obnoxious. And the truth of the matter is, is Marvel made the choice and Disney made the choice overall to start adding in 
very specific messaging into, you know, the Star Wars movies, into the Marvel movies. Um, you know, Kathleen Kennedy pushed the whole the forces female thing. And for the people who line up to see comic book movies, they're mostly dudes and they want to see dude heroes. And eventually they got burned out on how many different ways can you replace the the male hero with fake marketing with a, and then all of a sudden now it's the female lead. Like if you watched most of those Disney shows that came out recently, I love a well done, like well produced TV show with a female lead. There it's great. But like don't call the show Hawkeye and make people think it's gonna be about Hawkeye when it's about the teenage girl that's his sidekick but is actually the main character of the show and he's not really in it. Like that's right. you know, don't make a movie called Doctor Strange when the two main characters are the Scarlet Witch and uh America Ferrer. Like, look, I would love to see a great movie starring America Ferrer or you know, the America whatever her last name is, that character and about. Scarlet Witch. I would love to see those movies. Like I really enjoyed Black Widow, but it was marketed as Black Widow, so I knew I was going to see a Black Widow movie and I was very happy to see it. But they've tried to slide in using the male legacy characters to pull in an audience and people got burned. Same thing with the star Wars movies. People came in thinking they were going to see Harrison Ford and princess Leia. They were looking for princess Leia to be a big part of this movie, but instead it was some obnoxious teenage girl, like who somehow could never lose a fight. Like it's like, I don't care what your politics are. My politics are as far to the left as they get, but you can't ruin star Wars without the characters never like this girl can't lose a fight like what is the point of watching a story when you're watching a character that ca they can't let her lose doesn't fail their political agenda is if she loses a fight before the finale it makes her weak right so she wins every fight from the beginning of the movie to the end and it's like that's not how good watch watch die hard bruce willis Rocky. gets the crap beat out of him 74 times and he barely wins in the end and it was kind of luck like, but it was a, that's what makes it a compelling story is, you know, they're challenged and they have to overcome obstacles and they lose. And then like Rocky, you know, like these are these movies that draw in an audience are built around the idea of watching characters be challenged. But they won't let a lot of these Disney won't let the female characters ever be really challenged right now, whether it's Star Wars or Mar Marvel movies. And it's just ruined them. And I, I don't disagree with you, but I also feel like. And again, we talked about this a little bit about like, I don't really care about the way people look like personally, but if I'm in, in terms of like growing, when we grew up, the, the superhero, like the male leads were superheroes, like, and they still are like, you, you yeah. literally look at, um, with the exception of probably Bruce Willis, I mean, Arnold, you look at Sly, like they got into phenomenal shape to the point where we were like, holy shit, like, I want to look like that. Like it wasn't a situation where it made me like feel inadequate. I was just like, "Good fucking god! How many fucking right. uh, sit-ups did Rocky do in, in 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 Rocky three to look like that?" And how you know, obviously, as you get older, you're like, "Oh, they did steroids too." Like I get it. Like, but at the cool. same time, like all of these male characters like actually come to life. And and to to Demi Moore's credit, to go a completely opposite end of the spectrum, when she did GI Jane. She did the exact same thing. She was like, I am getting in yeah. phenomenal shape for this fucking movie because I don't want anyone to come to me and say, you don't look like a Navy SEAL. 
she was Ooh. a beast. And like, I don't think we do that enough now. Like we well, like, she I mean, also listen. got beaten to death throughout that movie. Exactly. Like, she got the shit kicked out over the whole movie. The entire movie. Like she won in the end, but she had to overcome major obstacles. Like watch the 100%. movie Alien. Like Sigourney it's a Weaver great movie. Nearly dead 75 times in that movie, constantly barely overcoming challenges. Clearly outmatched by the opponent, and in a lot of ways, again, it was kind of luck that that she was able to win. Just like the, the male heroes, just like look at Rambo, look at look at all the all the movies that are built around the idea of a hero's journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is classic literature stuff. That you don't have to make a movie that's a hero's journey, but if you want to make a movie that's going to earn over a billion dollars, which is what they have to do with what they spend on it, they're spending three hundred to $500 million to produce and promote these movies, which means to turn a profit after the movie theater takes their half, they have to clear a billion dollars or they're not going to be profitable. And you can't That's crazy. Those stories are, you're never going to sell a billion dollars worth of tickets on a movie that doesn't have a strong heroic character who goes on a journey is challenged, overcomes obstacles and wins in the end, or it's set up to win in the sequel in the end, you know? Yeah, and I'm with you, man. Like, think about like some of these. I and I still show these movies to like my son because, like, you know, you get tired of watching the same like animated shit over and over again. So I try to find movies that are somewhat appropriate uh, that they can that he can watch from. Like, my, one of my favorite movies of of all time is Inner Space. Remember that movie with uh, Dennis Quaid and Martin Short? It's, you know that look, movie? I watched that. Yes, I watched that movie 150 times as a kid. Uh, it is it is one incredibly entertaining, fun, yes. and a bad movie. It's awful, but it's awesome at the same right. time. It's yeah, a Spielberg production. I love an awful, awesome movie. There's so it's, many. And awful so, but but my point is, is like think about that movie in terms of we talk about like the male lead being strong and all this other stuff. Martin Short is not a strong male character, but right. he plays a character of he starts off weak, he's getting picked on all the time, and then he finds that's his, the through story. all these. That's yes, the that's here. the story, and like and. And Dennis Quaid, the very kind of like, you know, prototypical male lead, good looking, you know, has the Meg Ryan character as, you know, his girlfriend. It's just one of those things where like that was a that that's a, an amazing story because of that, because it's compelling. And I also liked it when I was nine. So like it wasn't like yeah. I was looking for an Oscar winning performance. It's just a fun movie. And you wouldn't find it there. But what you did find is Martin Short being incredibly funny. Dennis Quaid playing to carrot playing to type while also being funny and Meg Ryan being the adorable Meg right. Ryan that you could, there was 15 years in a row where you could put her in any movie and you were just going to be like, you know, I like her cause she's beautiful, but she's also relatable and she's also funny and she's, but she's also caring. And she's, you know, I mean, she was the proxy for, you know, female lead for so many years in a row. I totally agree. Um, well, um, now that we've solved all of movies' problems, see this is what this movie, this show is about. It's uh, we yeah. save the world one one yeah, topic at a time. Yeah, so this week we're saving cinema. Movies. Yeah, yep, we're saving cinema as a whole. We're probably going to um, save movies a lot of times on this show, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Because well, it's just well, propaganda, right? If you don't get the propaganda right, you can't save the world. That's right. Um, so let me ask you a question that's very interesting, and it's about again, it's about your boy Trump. Okay. Um, I really if don't he like was that, that you refer to him. <laughs> it's okay. You're I don't right. anybody to be confused by that. No, no, don't don't worry. He's still your boy. Um, 
So if if he is convicted, just just play play around with me. Just All don't right. even like pr- pr- use just use kind of don't let your brain yeah, get away. Yeah, we don't just, have to overthink this yet. Yeah. Okay. So let's say he is put in jail for one of these 90 something felonies. Right. Could there be a situation where he actually still runs for president? Yeah. Behind bars? So like what would that look like? Tell me if, what that would look honestly, like. Honestly, if he's sitting in a jail cell on election night, like a year from now, he'll win. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does that look like? So then he wins, and now he's inaugurated, but he's in prison. How do you do yeah. that? Um, I would assume Biden will pardon him. Why? <laughs> Why would you? I mean, or they can literally come to the jail, and he can take his oath of office in jail, and then just pardon himself. Yeah, like, oh, that's that's smart. Yeah, that, think of it that way. That's that's interesting. Yeah. See, you're, I mean, you're, too, you're too smart to play fun games like this with. You know what I mean? Like you I, don't even like. No, but like that. No, but this is an actual thing that could happen, and so sure. that's the only reason why I'm not even going silly with it. Is there's like I if he is incarcerated for one of these many felonies that he did in fact commit because he's like mm-hmm. these these aren't false accusations. If he is convicted on any of these, he's going to. But I'm telling you, if he's sitting in a jail cell, he'll win. No, it's uh, and why? Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because he'll play the martyr, or like, what's the deal? Um, I think because there is a significant number of people in this country who genuinely believe that he's being all this is just political, that he's actually being persecuted. That's about thirty-five percent of the voters in this country genuinely mm-hmm. believe that he's not guilty of any of this. No matter what evidence they're shown, they're not going to believe it because they they've already bought the cool. They've already bought in. And so the, every time he's attacked, that's more proof that he's innocent, not proof that he like, there's no way to convince those people that he ever did anything wrong because right. they've already bought in. And then I Have think there's, ever- another, there's another 20% of the people in this country that just to say, fuck you would vote for him. I could see that. Um, have you ever, have you ever had a conversation with, with the 35% that you're talking about that you actually get them to agree that he's likely committed these crimes yeah. but then they automatically flip to that 20 other 20 percent and they go but fuck it i'm still voting for him anyway no 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 no. what they do is they go oh i mean maybe he did but i mean that's nothing compared to what hillary clinton did even oh, though now it's biden now oh, it's biden yeah, Forget about or, hillary yeah, exactly or it's nothing compared to, you know, what joe biden did even though like even even if the accusations against biden were true which who knows maybe they are maybe they aren't um, even if they were true, the money is nothing compared to what is public record that Jared Kushner got, that Trump's daughter got, that you know, that um, the Trump sons got. Like none of it compares. To no, I, I I agree. But you also have to like. I I also feel like too. You have to you know if you're if you're on the right side, uh, you know the the the, the political right, and like if you were to turn on. What is it down here? 94.5, I think. It's the conservative radio station. Um, so I, I, I listen to it when I go pick up my son after school because it, it makes me laugh. Um, and one of the one of them is... <laughs> they're, they're speak, <laughs> speaking of conservative... <laughs> there we go, Tim Griffin. Oh, looking interesting as always. Tim um, is, uh, for anybody that's watching, uh, Tim Griffin is a comic. He is uh, he's, he's funny. He's a really good guy. He's also a conservative. He's a right winger. Yeah. Um. And he's one of those. He he falls in that um the fuck it twenty percent. I'm pretty sure 
Because I don't think he actually cares about anything other than just watching the whole system burn down, which in a lot of ways I can kind of respect. <laughs> right. No. And listen, I, I some of my favorite people are are in that 20% of fuck it, right? So, um, Tim, uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate you. Um, but no, like I, I feel like, too, um, if you listen, to, if you were to put on five minutes of Sean Hannity, what do you know what he calls Biden? Do you know what he calls the like the, when you talk about like the juxtaposition away from Trump? It's the Biden family syndicate. That's what it is. He's trying to That's, create that situation where it's yeah. Never are never are never original thinkers, though. Like every single insult Trump ever used, all the fake news, all that, that was shit that he stole from the Daily Show talking about conservative media. Like every single, all the 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 child molesting, like pizza shop mm -hmm. stuff, all of that stuff came because Dennis Hastert, who was the Republican Speaker of the House, the longest serving Republican Speaker of the House in American history, like early, like late nineties to oh, yeah. through the early two thousands, was a child molester, and yeah. he's convicted and in jail. And so all of the attacks conservatives were getting about the whole. The cat, the priest stuff, the politician stuff, they take all of that stuff that is proven in court, overwhelming against conservatives, and then they just flip it all over, and that's what liberals are doing. And then that way they can do the, yeah, but what about isms? And it's, oh, what about isms? My favorite. It's, incre it's incredible. Like, it's a great marketing tool. Like, Donald Trump is a brilliant market marketer. Like he, he wrote his speeches the same way comics write comedy. Like we go on stage, we take our ideas, we say them, and the ones that get laughs, we refine and we keep and we build on. Yep. And until we have where we can go on stage and do an hour and we're getting laugh, 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 laugh. Well, that's what Trump did with his speeches. He went on and I and that's what Hitler did too, though. <laughs> that's so everything every time he would go on stage, the build a wall thing, he didn't give a shit about building a wall, but every time he said it at one of his big rallies, it got this like roaring building shaking, you know, response. Right. From right. People right. There. So he, like, well, fuck, we should do that. <laughs> and then, and like literally to make Mexico pay for it was a riff. It was a tag in the same That's way that true. I do a joke and riff yep. a tag to the joke. Like, Oh, this is a second punchline that gets an even bigger laugh for his. Yeah. You know, build the wall. And they're, Ooh, and we're going to okay. go pay for it. And then like, <laughs> pandemonium what's your what's your favorite off and i'm going to tell you mine because i have it's very 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 limited but my favorite ever like off the cuff line that got a like a big laugh at a show was um i used to do a bit about how you talk about white privilege and when i was growing up like the the biggest white privilege movie is footloose it's like oh no we can't dance what are we gonna do we're so persecuted and i and i used to and i used to be like and then I was like, but what pisses me off is they're remaking it and like they're gonna like they're doing all this crazy shit and people were laughing about it. And then I said, Well, you wait, because it was it was a predominantly black crowd. And I said, You wait until they remake Boys in the Hood with with Nick Cannon as as uh as Furious, and then and then we're gonna see how much you're shitting on this footloose idea. And the crowd just went nuts. It was great. It was like a just a great off the cuff, just like funny, and that and Boys in the Hood's a great movie and, and it's about real issues. Uh, so it just, it, it just was a good juxtaposition. And I can't, so I can't imagine like how he feels like he probably is like, well, fuck, they love, they love this. Like, let's just keep doing, let's keep yeah. building off of that. What's your favorite, like, what's your favorite off the cuff 
line you've ever said, uh, whether it's crowd work or just something that like popped into your head? Oh God. I mean, well, that's the thing. Like most of the punchlines are my jokes because I, I write on stage a lot. I go on stage mm-hmm. and like, it's the same thing. I, like I, I can tighten ideas down a lot better on stage than I can in a notebook. Cause I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I, I tend to be a bit wordy and run on sentency and rambly. What? So, but when you take that on stage, you can tighten it up and tighten it up and tighten it up. So for me, specific, I don't know. I can't even think of one off the top of my head right now. But you're real, you're you're a real good good off the cuff guy, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not good at off the cuff memory from seven years ago. What was what was the absolute best moment you've ever had on stage, Richard? What was the thing that made you really realize I'm making it as a comedian? And like, that's really that not what I said, but that's okay. But that was a nice. That was almost a good impression. Like I almost feel like you're you got my tone down too. You'll you'll get a deep. I was, that's funny. I wasn't trying to do you. I was actually trying to do just a douche voice. But you still related to it. That wasn't meant to be you because it's it really a, because wasn't. I have that's a naturally funny. douchey voice. Yeah, yeah, you just took that. This is, this is the truth. Of course, <laughs> I, I I internalize a lot of things. In case you didn't know. Um, so. If you were to, I have I have something prepared. Like the only thing I had prepared for this show was what is your <clears throat> toughest sport in terms of in we'll do individual versus team so in your mind what's the toughest team sport to play and what is the toughest individual sport to play um i mean it's hard because i think the toughest individual sport to play is a team is still part of a team sport because okay, i think so. i think baseball I think hitting a, a baseball from a incredibly gifted pitcher, like hitting a Randy, you know, Johnson fastball or hitting, you know, a Greg Maddox changeup or curveball um, is the most difficult thing in sports. But that's a singular thing. I'm talking about overall, like the most difficult, like, do you really, I mean, I think the most, like the toughest individual sport, whether it's some, some form of fighting, whether it's MMA or boxing, you'd have to put number one. Oh, just be, no, because it's, that- Literally Why is that workout? Because work out more and you win. Mm, you really think that that's what makes a, a person a champion in boxing is working out more? Have you ever watched boxing? You Bro, can like the worst, really, like the eight, greatest one of the. Times, I hate eight times out of ten. You can tell exactly who's going to win the boxing match when they get on when they walk on because you just see who's in better shape. And this oh my is God. It's, it's like how like. Think James, about this is one of the. This is you are one of the smartest people I know, and that is the dumbest thing you've ever said. Absolutely, Tyson, Tyson Fury is the yeah. probably the greatest fighter on the planet, and he is the biggest love handle. Like you, literally, he looks. You look like you're in better shape than the, the no, heavyweight champion of the world. You're confusing. Actually, Tyson Fury is just a modern big love because there's no great heavyweights anymore. Like that's not. That's not true. He's skill, he's absolutely skillful. Like he's, but he's the. But if you watch him, he has the skill of a middleweight. He just happens to be six eight. But he doesn't. You just. Yeah, but, but your premise was. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said your premise was. But let me finish. Your 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 premise was a, that you can look at someone and say. There's a there's a difference between the history of boxing and what heavyweight fighters were up until very recently when they started becoming these six eight. 300 you know this this is a new version of boxing they, there should be a completely different class they should be super heavyweights because it is Fine. a different that's not thing. the question uh, fair enough fair enough but even then 
the the difference between like skill boxing, I mean, Muhammad Ali versus Tyson Fury, there's no comparison in their skill sets. Dude, then like, you don't want just no, dude, then just don't even tell me you watch boxing because if you watch Tyson Fury and his head movement and his quickness at that size, he rivals almost anybody that's ever been. And that's just that's, that's just the, the truth. Most, that is almost as ridiculous as you saying that Conor McGregor was going. I to knew you were going to go there because you're full of shit. But like that is, but that's how little about boxing. No, but dude, like you, you James, you literally, James, you literally. No, I said he had a shot. I said he's not going to beat him. <laughs> he had a chance because he's still he's a striker. There's a difference between that. And what I'm saying is, is that if you watch Tyson Fury as an actual fighter from defense to offense. And when he takes someone lightly, like Francis Ngannou, he got knocked on his ass. But my point is, just like just like if Connor, if, if Floyd didn't take Connor seriously, he would have got knocked on his ass. And that was the difference in that fight. Is Floyd actually was just like, hey, I'm not going to let this guy touch me for you know more than like a round, and then I'm going to win the fight. There's a How difference though. Like you, there, so when when, but boxing in general is incredibly skillful sport. Like you can't tell me, you can't tell me that um, just because. No, this guy's true. big or like it's like it's but no, what i'm but, saying is is like again go, go and watch whether it's welterweight all the way through and again like the super heavyweight division as you see it now that is the you can call that out as the exception to the rule but every level of boxing you can genuinely go how many fights have you been to live because i've been to about 400 and you've been to 400 fights live yes because when I was a kid, like literally, that was something that my dad and I did on like a monthly basis. We would go to fights. Okay. We would go to Richmond to see fights. We would go to DC. Like this is, you can so, so, so easily predict who's going to be the winner just by who's in better shape. That is yeah, almost that's, always that's, the case. It box. is. That's but it's such a that is such an anecdotal type thing it's like oh well, he clearly would have and then, and then when they lose you're like well that was a surprise it's like you know i mean like that's just again it's just not based off of you're gambling if you're placing a bet sure on you walk in if you're placing a bet and you watch the weigh-ins and you always bet on the one that looks in better shape you're gonna win consistently that you, is disagree with that. That. you disagree with that yes i would like anybody that's listening to this do not take james's gambling advice <laughs> are you kidding me are you kidding me? Some of the softest stummy guys win in boxing because they're skillful at boxing. Like it's all, and it's only now recently that people have been getting into good shape. And what if they're both in great shape? Then what do you do? Well, <laughs> do you just flip a coin? A difference. But again, go through the history. So of silly. Go through the history of heavyweights, oh, and my God. you can literally predict. Like it's th this isn't something I made up today. This is something <laughs> that is established. Go like. Go read any of the 35, you know, books written by boxing writers, and they all make the same point. Like, it's no, I they don't. That you don't actually follow. The no, sport. you don't. No, I know no. that you don't actually no. follow the sport yourself. You didn't even know that Tyson Fury was just beat for, got beat, uh, almost got beat by Francis Ngannou. Like, you don't, I'm literally, you, Tyson, you're literally again, talking Tyson about Fury something. He's not a skilled fighter. He's not. Oh, my God. The not fact that you say he's not, not a skilled fighter is what shows me he's that you don't know anything about boxing. Him. He isn't oh even God. close to. I mean, not Bro. like skill wise, skill wise, speed wise, skill wise. It's it's incredible. He's six eight and he moves like a cat. It's it's fucking incredible to watch. I understand that you have a problem with it that you because compared he's to not like, like a basketball player, yes, he no he moves incredibly well for someone his size. 
for someone his size, he moves incredibly well. I am not saying that Tyson Fury doesn't move well for someone that's 6'8 and a big lumber. Like, no, he moves well for his size, but he doesn't move well compared to the great heavyweight and middleweight champions throughout the history of boxing. Oh, and now we're talking about middleweights, 100, 100 pounds lighter. Dude, it, you're, it, it's it, it's almost like talking about a different sport when you start talking about middleweight to heavyweight. Like heavyweights over the years have gotten bigger, obviously, but go watch, go watch actual clips of Tyson Fury. And you're gonna sit there and tell me that he doesn't move well. It's stupid. Like it's just dumb. Like you're just you're just saying it to you're just saying it to, to sound right. You're changing what I'm saying to make a point that I didn't make. Well, you but you're saying that he doesn't move well, maybe to like an NBA player. It's like what are you talking about? No, he doesn't move well compared to the heavyweight greats throughout history. And he's a hundred pounds heavier than Muhammad Ali. That's all I've said. But, but if you it's, but that's not true. But that's he just not true. He doesn't move as well as Sonny Liston. He doesn't move as well. Like literally, go through the history of high. Don't, don't forget. Don't forget Rocky Marciano. That's our one. Don't forget that. I'm just saying, go through. <laughs> talk about guys that didn't move well. I mean, <laughs> but, but no. If you go through the history of the heavyweight champions of the last, <sighs> I don't know, seventy years, eighty years, Tyson Fury does not move as well as he doesn't move as well as Foreman even. Like he, that's not true. Oh my god! No, you really never put Foreman in there. Came back as a fat old man. That's not true. Foreman. That's not true. Like you, you honestly look at things through a prism of I don't really watch sports. It's literally no, the only thing I watch. <laughs> it's literally the only thing I watch. It's um, just a fun thing to criticize you on. But no, but like go back and watch, like Ali Foreman. Go back and not like go back and rewatch that fight. I've we'll done sit it. Down and I've actually watch watched it, it already. And you and you genuinely tell me that Tyson Fury moves better than either of the guys in that ring. I think you could make a case for that, hundred percent. It wouldn't be a very if good you watch. Well, I mean, that's your opinion. I think you're you're not you're hundred percent wrong, and you you you're okay with being wrong because you think you're right. That's okay, totally okay. You're that's your right. <laughs> There's no law against being wrong. Yeah, I know um, you are all the time. If it was, you'd be in jail. I have no problem with it. The, the literally the title of this show is two assholes who are wrong all the time. That's really what it yeah, should be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but okay, so the original comment of all this was the top three toughest sports to play. And you brought up baseball, which okay, it's it's definitely difficult. It's a difficult premise to, oh, to you're hit right. Baseball. You said toughest that I said, and I took that as difficult. So you're right. You took that as difficult. I mean, hitting a golf ball consistently is just as difficult as hitting a baseball. Um, that is not moving. Is consistently doing it over and over again and being good at it. Do you know that the average golfer can't can't break a hundred? I mean, like that's you're yeah, if no. you break a hundred in the golf, you're you're in like the top two percent of the world. So I mean, that's I my agree, point. I Relax. agree. I agree what you're saying, but the ability to hit a golf ball versus the ability to make clean in play contact with a Randy Johnson fastball, or you know, but you only have that opportunity if you're a pro already. You can actually go to a golf course and hit. So like that's yeah. why you they can don't go really to a golf course and be uh, terrible. That's true. Of course, you can. Um, you're right. I'm not, only thing I, I'm not disagreeing with that point. You're right. I, I hear what you're saying. Toughest. These are my toughest individual individual sports were some form of fighting. And I know Tim put wrestling in the chat. Could be could be wrestling. Could be you know. Well, he likes to wrestle. It's fine. Um, wrestling, boxing, MMA, cycling is up there because if you're doing some sort of you know if it's toward I'm talking about pro sports. I'm not just saying like you're on a bike outside. You know, riding your bike. 
And then I'm biased to it because there's no time limit as tennis because you may go into playing tennis and think that you, you know, you win. Like the sometimes when I've played, like if you you go out and you're like, I've probably trained for I'm good for like three hours. And then the match lasts five. And you're like, fuck. Like once you hit that limit, you're like, you have to like go into the reserves. And like there's just no, it's kind of like baseball in the respect, there's no time clock. Yeah. But you're moving constantly. So um yeah, tennis is a is a bitch, especially if you get, you know, you know, put to the limits. So that, that's my top three indiv- individual sports to play. Um all right. Professionally. Professionally. Professionally, right. right. Um individually. I mean, golf's golf's gotta be up there. It's just definitely because, in the top five. Yeah, to be to be at a truly elite level competitor, it's the level of precision and for like it's 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 insane. So um I mean I would But as John McEnroe said, there's no fat guys that play tennis yeah. professionally. So yeah. But there's fat guys <laughs> that box and there's fat guys that golf. That's true. Because you can knock someone out. Well, no, in, like individual sports, I'll probably go MMA first. Yeah, MMA first, boxing second, and yeah, then probably golf third. That would be my top three. I would, okay. yeah. I'm with you there. Um, and then before we, and before we kind of leave here, because we kind of gone over an hour, but um. What's the what's your team like? You give me your toughest team sports to play. Top top three. I would say part well part of what makes basketball to me the most difficult is because you literally have to be born with exceptional characteristics mm-hmm. beyond athleticism just to compete at a high level. Like the most, gotcha. like you can take someone that is five, seven, and the level of skill that they have to have compared to someone that's just an average player that's six, four, six, five is crazy. Like it, Chris Paul's ability to handle a basketball versus other guys in the, like, so it's, so you have to be born with like almost unattainable characteristics just to be a professional basketball player. In addition, like with soccer players, they are exceptionally gifted athletes, but they can be relatively normal-sized human beings, so there's a much bigger yeah. pool of people to choose from to compete at an elite level. Same thing, you know, same thing with tennis. Um, so I, I would say probably probably basketball one. Um, I mean, football is so determined by coaching that it's hard to say – but I mean, it also requires incredibly gifted coaching in addition to the ability to, you know, pay more to come to your college than the other yeah. colleges. <laughs> well, now that's legal. Yeah. Now, now it's just NIL. Yeah, no, there was no shade in that. It's we finally we can be open and public about the fact that these kids are making money. There's a reason why oh, yeah. there's you know, so many Escalades sold in Chapel Hill. Like, <laughs> It's so true. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're spot on about f- basketball. That's in my top three. I really didn't put like a number on this. I just put three that I thought that I've actually played and that are incredibly difficult. Um, 
football is on the list. And then this one is random because I played it in college uh, for a semester when I almost flunked out and I couldn't play tennis. <laughs> um, uh, rugby. Uh, rugby will fuck you up. And it's it's kind of like a bastardized version of soccer yeah, and yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, um, but you're I, right. I, but go ahead. My my only reason I wouldn't put rugby on that list is that you can play competitive rugby when you're pretty drunk. Yeah, but I'm talking about pro. I mean, that's what I we know. did in college. But I'm talking yeah, about yeah. pro rugby. Like if you watch fucking rugby in the Olympics, with golf. Like that's the <laughs> reason why I can't, I can't put golf at the top is because you can be fairly buzzed and still not significantly your score. You're, it's not I that mean, you're I, good, but it's just you don't get that much worse by being drunk when you do it. So, I mean, I had a ten, before I got to a funny tennis teaching story. Um, there was a guy I used to uh, work with, and he was a director of tennis here locally, and was like, um, "Hey, Mark, come here." He sounded like Joey Diaz. He was like, "Hey, come here." Uh, he's like, "I got it." He's like, "I got a task for you," and I was like, "What's up?" He's like, "Go to the sheets, get a six pack, and come back." And so he would, he literally took a six pack. He had one of those 64 ounce cups that you would get. And he just dumped as much beer as he could of that six pack in there. And he taught from 4 a.m., 4 p.m. to the end of the night. And he was just ta- downing and he didn't give a fuck. That dude, that dude used to drink all day while he taught tennis. And he used to really? say the same like six things. It was, it, listen, funniest guy. He like ran the program. Uh, very, very, very funny dude. But uh, yeah, he would. That that was his deal. He was a legend. He used to just get hammered and teach tennis. Well, I think I think another on the next episode, one of the things we should talk about is things that the most difficult things to become mediocre at. Mm. Not like pro level. Like, of course, you know, it's sure. it's a lot. Of, like, but what sports are the hardest to go from? I've never done this to being able to do this at a amateur yet competent level? Like, what are the most difficult? Do I have to uh, say how good I am at all these sports before we uh, we talk about it so that you, you can, we can, we can talk about how good of an athlete I am, or is that not possible? I mean, I have, like, I fully recognize, <laughs> like, we could do the same thing about musical instruments. It's like, well, what's more? We could, because I'm, yeah. I was like, what's harder to do, put together a lamp or put together a small... That's another one, yeah. You'd be like, I'm not, we all know I'm not good at fixing things. I put it in my bio. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we really do got to wrap this one up. It's already 120. All right, guys. This was, this was fun, and it was cool. I'm good glad show. we got to capture like a really ranty moment in this one where we were oh, just yeah. arguing nonsense just to the point for the sake of arguing it. But like, I understand that like for everyone watching... I know that Mark actually watches boxing, but one of the best things to say to him, because whenever you say it to him, a vein comes out of the side of his head. It's like, I can't see it because I'm wearing this cap. <laughs> yeah. Can't see the vein right now. That's why I wear this cap. Out of your nose and the one right here. Because <laughs> you get so Could you imagine what I. Well, no, this is just my. Go back to the tape. Watch the tape of this and watch Mark every time I said that change complexion. <laughs> well, let me just say this because this is this is also. This is actually not red for me. Like I used to get like there are pictures of me pre having a stroke where it's like, yeah. bro, are you like are you about to die like right now? Like oh, I'm not even is. angry and I'm just red. Like like I've been out in the sun like a lobster. So this is like good coloring for me. So but I appreciate you have it. Less blood flow now. Like you're, like you're taking this anti- medication so you won't stroke out so it doesn't build up quite as well. <laughs> That's right. 
That's right. Your blood, your blood um, just been watered down now. That's right. I'm blood, blood. I'm on blood thinner, so we're good. Um, well, listen, good episode, a lot of fun. Uh, anyone that showed up live, please subscribe to the podcast and the podcast YouTube page. It's James and Mark Save the World. You can find that on all of our, you know, any any podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts, anywhere you listen to YouTube clips that we're on this. Um, and, and we enjoy it being live as well. Talk to you soon. Peace. See you next week.